0: Father, thank you for your great salvation that has no room for doubt and only has room for peace. May we not take a moment of this salvation for granted as we live out our salvation with fear and trembling through Christ our Lord and by your grace. Help each of us to be the ambassador of truth that you have called us to be. Forgive us for when we fall short, our God and King. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I'd like to start off with a praise. And yes, my brother Rick, we are in a Genesis 3 war. But even though we're in a war, we could still praise God for his many blessings I've seen Petrie yesterday had posted a post, I should have copied it down, but he was praising God for his many blessings, even though he just recently lost his wife, or who, who's, his wife went to be with the Lord, and it's been, it's been heavy on his heart, but yet he took the time to thank God for the blessings that he has, such as the blessing that my wife was praising the Lord today. We went up to the local hardware store, and she was able to fill up two carts of plants. I mean, she loaded them up, and guess what? All for $54 because they were wind-damaged and there was not enough laborers to water the plants. These places can't even get workers. So many people looking for government handouts and not willing to work. Well, it turned out to be a blessing for us today and that we were able to get all these plants to do some beautification in our yard. So praise the Lord. And I'll thank God for small things like this, for a $54 sale. I'll thank God for everything amidst of the darkness because there's much to be thankful for. There's not a day I have, I have went hungry. I have a bed to sleep in. I have shelter over my head. I will praise the Lord and be thankful. Because it's when we're not thankful that we find that the tempter comes to try to get us to doubt our salvation. Satan wants you to doubt your salvation in, in Christ. We read in Ephesians 4.14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So much going on in this world right now, so many deceivers, so many antichrists. And they want you to doubt your salvation. We don't need so-called Christians getting other believers to doubt their salvation. I've seen a post from Neon Revolt, whom I believe is a professing Christian. He does a little commentary on Philippians chapter 3 today and says it's a remarkable chapter. And portion of that scripture that he references, verses 12 through 14, not as though I had already attained Either were already perfect, but I follow after it, if that I may apprehend that for which also I apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here we see a man, a Christian man, who is working out his salvation with trembling and fear a neon revolt he says that paul basically is saying that he's not mature enough in the faith yet and is and is striving towards perfection so that he will be deemed worthy of joining those in the resurrection he goes on and he says he doesn't presume to have met the requirements A literal apostle, a so-called holy man. He's straight up telling everyone, I'm not there yet. This is Neon Revolt speaking. He says it's a big difference from the modern attitude that says, oh, I'm saved. Or, oh, I'm born again. Paul literally met Christ and doesn't make any such assumption about his future. And advises everyone to do the same. I understand what he's saying, but I do not want to diminish this when I say that I'm saved or when I say that I'm born again, because I do not say this in a presumptuous manner. I do not say this with an arrogant manner. I say this with a rejoicing manner. I understand what the Bible says. Examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. But I would ask this, my friend, if Neon Revolt. And I'm not saying that he is, because I do not understand completely the full context of what he's trying to say, because it can go in either direction. But all I know is this, is if he was diminishing the phrase that I'm saved or the phrase that I'm born again, are we talking about the same Paul? Are we talking about the same Paul that wrote to Timothy? where he speaks of a a man who is not ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, who who boldly proclaims that who have saved us, who boldly says that I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Does this man sound like a Christian who doubted his salvation in the Lord? No, he rejoiced in this. He knew whom he believed in. 2 Timothy 1, 8-12 Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God, who hath saved us, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Here is a Christian that understood the election. He understood that God foreknew all who would be saved. He understood that he indeed was saved by Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher, and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed Him against that day. If, if one was to diminish the phrase I am saved or the phrase that I am born again, would this be the same Paul who wrote to the Ephesians, who spoke of the chosen of, of us before the foundation of the world in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 through 7? According, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without be blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. With this person who would diminish, I am saved, or that I am born again, write to Titus, Concerning the faith of God's elect in Titus 1 1, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Paul knew that he was saved. Paul knew that he was born again. This is the same Paul who wrote to the Ephesians that we read about today in Ephesians four thirty, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. What part of sealed unto the day of redemption is not understood it clearly is not understood if one stated states that it is presumptuous and arrogant to know if one is saved to know if one is born again in Christ so this is not presumption my friends this is not arrogance this is rejoicing praise the lord For his great salvation in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So when this brother Neon talks about the requirements, I put a question mark. Because the only requirement is faith in Jesus Christ. True faith that is. The gift of God that believes, repents, and works. True faith repents, my friends. It truly repents. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 25. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We're for putting away lying speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And then he points out, as if Paul said, I am not there yet. Of course he's not there yet. Neither are you or I if we are still breathing. We must live our live out our faith that endures to the end. But if you are in Christ, you have a faith that endures to the end. This is called true salvation. You are either in or you are out. There is no in between. There is no maybes. A maybe is just another out. Paul knew that he was saved. Paul knew that he was born again. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 13:5. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. You're either in Christ or you are a reprobate. And you will do the things that the Antichrist world does. You will think like the Antichrist world thinks. You will respond like the Antichrist world responds. And if you think that you're worthy, you're not. Neon says deemed worthy. None of us are worthy of this great salvation that is by grace. None of us. Paul knew very much that he was saved and he was born in Christ and so do I. And I pray that anybody that would question this phrase that I am saved or I am born again or diminish it it as presumption or arrogancy. would rethink what Paul was actually saying what it means to have the peace of salvation in Jesus Christ, the peace that I have. Disciple J.J. on Gab says, I'm glad you're addressing this post. Well, my sister in Christ, I could not help to. And there's so much more that could be said, scripture after scripture, chapter after chapter. The whole Bible is about salvation by grace through Jesus Christ. The elect of God. Those who are chosen in him. Those who have a faith that will endure to the end. The problem is, is that oftentimes this truth is not preached in the manner that it ought to be preached. It's not preached with the intent of loving others and being kind to one another and considerate of of, of one another, knowing that, that, that we came from the same place of need, of grace. So I, I question sometimes when people are preaching the truth but not with the right motive. What is the evidence of such love and such concern for your fellow man and your neighbor to desire them to have the same peace that you have? I'm here to tell you that this evidence is preaching and teaching the whole counsel of God, not only in word but indeed by an example. God help us to be that example today. And that includes preaching the hard truth. Truth that people don't want to hear. Truth that people scroll by on social media. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, I therefore, for the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, ende- endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This often involves hard truth, especially in our days when we live in an antichrist world. And I'll tell you this, my friends, the will of God for each of our lives is as unique as our fingerprints. Live out your calling do not attempt to live out mine. Ephesians four eleven through 13 And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. And to the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ, If you're living for Christ, my friend, you are being sanctified. God is making you holy as he is holy. He's molding us. He's shaping us to be the men and women that he has called us to be. And this is why Satan wants you to doubt your salvation in Jesus Christ. Do not be tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, the slight of men. Turn to the love of Jesus Christ and and channel this love to build the body of Christ. Encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not envy them. Do not be bitter against them. They have their own calling. You have your own calling. And I pray that you fulfill it. Pray that I fulfill my calling. This is love for the brethren. And if we do not support each other, who else is going to do so? Verses 15 and 16, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted, by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying itself in love. You are either out or in this love. The love of Christ the love that conquers all. And it's through this love that Paul knew that he was saved. It's through this love that Paul knew that he was born again because he had a love for God with all his heart, his mind, soul, and strength, and he had a love for his neighbor as his own self. I don't know what type of faith you claim to have, but Paul tells the Corinthians again to examine themselves, whether they be in this type of faith. All I know is this, is that nasty language and hate against another image bearer of God is always rooted in hate, envy, bitterness, and jealousy. And No wonder we read in verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Truth requires none of these nasty roots that I speak of. Why? Because truth speaks for itself with grace available unto the ignorant. Verse 31 through 32, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I do believe that it's here that we find the etiquette to life in social media. And I pray that God would help us all in this area to put on the good things. I've seen some traffic on Gab where a lot of this becomes really tough when the enemy is attacking us, and it even becomes more tough when the enemy is attacking our family. Deplorable Brock on Gab says, are you aware of what Dinsmore Sheepskins is going through? Just wondering, not trying to sway your opinion. And this was in response to the fact that I do not fear demons. And the fact that I fear God. And so he brought up this brother. I had to check it out to see what was going on with Dinsmore Sheepskins. I've seen his traffic and his product on Gab. And he is a Christian man, but it looks like that he stand he took a stand against this Pride Month. And he's paying the price for it. I'm not sure what all was said and done, but it looks like, according to Deplorable Brock, he's in a Washington state prison for hate crimes against the LGBTQ community. So I told them, I'm just learning of all of this, and I will commit it to prayer, that is for sure, because we know that this narrative continues to grow as the demonization of Christians continues to grow. But at the same time, we must be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, my friends, and how we operate and the things that we say we need to be careful with, With our wording. Preach the word of God. Don't allow your emotions to get involved when your family's being attacked, when you are personally being attacked. And I know about this because I'm guilty many of the times. I'm a fighter. Served in this Army of America for 22 years. I'm a fighter. I was trained to kill. So I understand the desire to want to respond. To hate with hate. But we must seek the wisdom of God. I do agree with Dinsmore Sheepskins. He says only 18 more days to go. This was on June 13th. Deny and openly rebuke them at every chance. Forever stay strong. We must stand against the Antichrist debauchery of our day. If the Christian doesn't speak up, who is going to speak up? I see a Twitter post where there's an alert from Divest SPD, says Tyler Dinsmore, 27, Oak Harbor, Woodby Island. So it looks like they're doing some sort of doxing here. We received reports, community reports, that Dinsmore, a Christian fundamentalist fascist, here we go with the demonization, has been fantasizing online about killing gay people and insinuating that he plans to go to Pride at Anar Cortez on June 18th. Well, I've seen this guy's traffic, and I, I, I have not gotten this feeling or this impression that he was fantasizing about killing anybody. He posted this he posted this screenshot on Gab, and he says the sodomites, and BLM associated organizations are attacking myself and my business because I say what the Bible has to say about fags. Yes, I hate sodomites, and yes, I like to, I like them all to die by the law. No, I don't plan on wasting my life and the future of my family over a few degenerates. He says, I'm going to keep preaching the word of God and and they keep getting AIDS. He says, so far they've damaged my relationships with my storefronts and have harassed me in my personal life, calling the police and otherwise being malicious, which is par for the course of, for a sodomite. Well, so I read this, and while I agree with this brother on some of these points concerning the sexual debauchery of this community, the language I don't know if I would particularly select on some of this on some of this uh you know while it warrants probably some of this language, but I see this more of a response as to the personal attack and the attacks on his family, and so yeah, I'd probably come out want to come out with a few of these words myself. I'm not going to wish AIDS on anybody, on any image bearer of God, but I can understand how he feels and why he's feeling what he's feeling because of this harassment and of the such. But I'll tell you this, my Christ friends, I want to say this as a reminder. While you are hating the evil of Pride Month, do not forget to hate the evil of porn, fornication, and adultery. Otherwise, you are a hypocrite. That's all I'm going to say, my friends. If you're going to speak about sexual debauchery, and rightfully so, in accordance with the word of God, rebuke, admonishment, let us speak to ourselves first. Get rid of your gay porn. Yes, and all of it's gay. Your fornication. Those of you who are having sex outside of marriage. And adultery, to include the adultery in your own mind as you look upon a woman to lust after her. Otherwise, we're hypocrites. Do we really have any ground to stand upon? Nevertheless, I will pray for both sides of this. I pray that many of the LGBTQ community come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to pray for my brother, Dinsmore, sheepskin, as he sits in a jail being accused of of a hate crime. We read about anger today in Ephesians four twenty six to twenty seven, and this is where I myself have to watch and be careful because if we're not careful, our anger will cause us to sin. It will cause us to say things that we ought not to say. Believe me, I know because I've done it time and time again. I become angry. And I say the first things that come to my stinging flesh. I notice that troubled man on Gap says, he who is not angry when there is a just cause for anger is immoral. Why? Because anger looks to the good of justice. And if you can live amid injustice without anger, you are immoral as well as unjust in anger that leads to sin. And he quotes St. Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas. So here we see that it is okay to be angry, but to not sin. We have to redirect this anger to that which will cause us to hate sin. Not the image bearer of God. Because they too can be saved. What's, who, which one of you have not committed a sexual sin, whether it even been a sexual impure thought of your mind? We're all guilty. And there's only forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. And that is why be you angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. It is this passage of scripture that has resolved many disputes early on in my marriage. I was was angry. I was angry many times. Yet the Lord, the Lord would lead my wife to quote this passage and it would diffuse the anger and I have to get right at the repent of this anger. It's an anger that if is left unchecked will get our children to despise us. We read in Proverbs today, 22, 15, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. So here we see that corporal punishment is authorized by the Word of God. But it must be done in love, not in anger that redirects us from that love. That is the key, because love will always dictate the appropriate amount of correction and force. And I'll tell you this, my friends who have children, I have four of them, a child instructed in the Word of God will never be able to depart from it. No matter if he or she ever surrenders to it, The Bible says clearly in Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now the conviction may end up seared, and our child may never repent, but the memory never goes away. It's the same memory that will resurface at the judgment. You will never shake it. Friend, you will never shake it. And it's my prayer as it is, The Lord's desire that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But it's these types of godly responses that are rooted in love. It is this type of training our children in genuine love that opposes the world and how the world responds. And it's this type of response in Christ that are evidence that we are indeed people of God by faith how we respond to these difficult trials and experiences in our life how we respond to be thrown in a jail and being falsely accused of a hate crime how we respond to these things are evidence of our faith that's steeped in love a love that conquers all notice in Jeremiah 11 chapter 11, verse 1 through 4, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice, and do them according to all which I commanded you, so shall you be my people, and I will be your God. A brother wise carver had referenced the Ten Commandments today, and there is much in the law and within these commandments that can be referenced, but I will sum them up as the Lord has summed up all which I have commanded you. In the great commandment in Matthew 22, 36-40, through Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It says your neighbor, your neighbor could be gay yet we're commanded to love them as ourselves. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's difficult. I'm not saying that it's easy, but that's why we read such passages as I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's through his works in us. It's through his strength in us that we're able to love our neighbor as ourself. And this is how we know that we are the people of God that should never doubt their salvation. The same word of God that you and I will be judged by. And I'll tell you this, our judgment is paid in full either by Christ or will be paid in full by us in hell. But I chose Christ in in 1993 and he's forever changed my life. I don't fear the demons and what they can do to me. I died a long time ago, my friends. I've been dead a long time time ago on the day that I chose Christ Jeremiah 11:8 yet they obeyed not nor inclined their ear but walked every one in the imagination of their evil heart therefore will I bring upon them all the words of this covenant which I commanded them to do but they did them not and here we see today the word of God is questioned and it's mocked and then we wonder why the evil is being poured to us by wave after wave after wave. Do you think society is increasing for the good, for the better? No, it's getting darker and more evil. As the word of God is questioned, as the word of God is mocked. Jeremiah eleven ten 10 through 11, they are turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words. And they went after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So here we see, my friend, there is a point of no return, a point of no hope. Jeremiah eleven fourteen. Therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry unto me for their trouble. Woe to this people. Woe to this people. And it may be even America as I speak Verse 15, what hath my beloved to do in my house seeing she hath wrought lewdness with many and the holy flesh is passed from thee when thou doest evil then thou rejoicest. Here we live in a day where people are rejoicing over evil. Pride month they call it. The people of God, none of this should be named among the people of God, the elect, those who know they are saved. Why? Because they know what sin is. Because the Holy Spirit of God convicts us of all sin to include our sexual hidden sins. The ones that are covered up in hypocrisy. Get your own heart right. Men, get rid of your porn. Stop your fornication. Quit lusting after other men, men's wives. Get rid of your adultery. Jeremiah eleven eighteen 18, and the Lord hath given me knowledge of it, and I know it. Then thou showest me their doings. I know that I'm saved. I know that I am born again, and God has opened my eyes to the demons and the evil that surrounds us. It's okay to pray for God's vengeance. Just be careful that at the same time we are not raining down vengeance upon our own heads of hypocrisy. A hypocrisy that brings salvation into doubt and question. This hypocrisy that opens the door to Satan to walk in to tell you that you're not saved, my friend. Jeremiah 11, 20. But O Lord of hosts that judges righteously, that triest the reins in the heart. Let me see thy vengeance on them. For unto thee have I revealed my cause. It is okay to pray for God's vengeance to be brought down upon his enemies. But it's not our right to be a vigilante, to bring vengeance upon an image-bearer of God outside of the law. God has established righteousness. He has established the law to judge these things. So woe is the people that no longer judges these things through the law. When the law itself has become evil, Great is the darkness, and proves that the hand of God has been lifted from a land, and has turned it over to a reprobate mind, but all the more that we should show forth our lights, because we're not going to stop the the hand of God, and the punishment of God is, is real. It's real, my friends, and you're not going to stop it. Jeremiah 11, 22, Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will punish them. The young men shall die by the sword. Their sons and their daughters shall die by famine. So if you really want to defend your family and your children, you're going to have to establish some borders in your life, in your family's life. And yes, borders. I said borders have always been biblical. Deuteronomy 19 is in our reading. 1 through 3, when the Lord thy God hath cut off the nations whose land the Lord thy God giveth thee, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their cities and in their houses, thou shalt separate three cities for thee in the midst of thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Thou shalt pre- prepare thee away and divide the coast of the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to inherit into three parts, that every slayer may flee thither. These are borders, my friends. And these same borders are being infiltrated by the Antichrist daily. These borders must be built up with a hate for evil and a love for God. Now, I know this word hate has a strong connotation, and it ought to have a strong connotation, but it has to be directed where it's... Intended to be targeted. Colleen on Gab says, I agree that these sins must be called out for what they are. And we should be against them and be clear as to why. I do not agree that we should hate. And this is because hate is something that is destructive and hurtful to the hater. And has no real effect on the hated. Hate it, hating someone is a slippery slope. And I know from experience, hate can lead you astray. Call sin out, fight against it. But please don't fill your heart with hate. Now, Colleen gets it, but this is where we err and when we lump hate altogether as if we were hating an image-bearer of God. We're not called to hate those who have been created in God's image. We are called to hate the sin. Disciple J.J. gets it, and she says, He said to hate the evil, not the people. And I'll add this, my sisters which is Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. So yes, we are called to hate, Christian, but not an image bearer of God. We're to hate the evil, the pride, the arrogancy, the evil way, the froward mouth. These are the things that God hates, and we ought to hate them too, But the Antichrist, they have it all backwards. They lump it all in one ball and say that if you speak against evil, that you hate an image bearer of God. Why do they do this? Because they are false witnesses. These Antichrists, they're false witnesses. Deuteronomy 19.15, One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity for, or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth. at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. Yet one of these antichrist defame a Christian brother with one false accusation and the mob takes hold of it. The antichrist witness is simply called defamation. Proverbs twenty-two, seventeen through 19, bow down thy ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thy, he- thy heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing that thou keep them within thee. They shall withal be fitted in thy lips. They that trust they that thy trust may be in the Lord, I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. The truth of God's salvation is pleasant to the soul, my friend. It gives peace, it doesn't give uncertainty. The knowledge of one's own salvation is certain. Proverbs 22, 20 through 21, Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I might make thee known the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. I preach to you the word of God today, which is the word of truth. The same word of truth that many of our forefathers had preached to their children, that preached to their societies, that built the country that we now have. They even put ancient landmarks to remember all of the adversity and the trials that they overcame. We read in Proverbs 22, 28, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Why do they want to destroy these landmarks? Because it defiles the word of God. They hate the Word of God. I saw a post from Libs of TikTok where a third-grade teacher shows inclusive books. She reads to eight-year-old students, including books on kids becoming transgender and non-binary. Now, do you know why we need more Christians serving in public schools as teachers? Because we must stand up against this trash. Do not run from it. And then I hear many Christians proclaim that homeschooling is the solution. No, homeschooling is not the solution. Christ is. For every child that a Christian homeschools the Antichrist are schooling 20 more in public schools. And then you wonder why America is going to hell in a handbasket. Believe me, my friends, the Antichrist want Christians to abandon the public schools. They've been saying this for decades now. They knew this was a strategic piece of ground that they needed to conquer in order to conquer this country, which was to take over the public schools. And Christians have surrendered it to them. I surrender no child to the Antichrist. Doing so is negotiation with demons. CRN Sterns on Gab says, wow, you just turned on a light. Do we stay and fight for a government Christian school system or do we flee from it? I'm not running nowhere. I know that the demons are all around us. Michelle on Gab says, please pray for me. I'm seeing demons. It scares me really bad. Well, I'll tell you this, my sister in Christ. Jesus is stronger. Trust in him. Otherwise, those demons will get you to doubt your salvation all day long. I fear no demons. I fear God. Michelle says, I hope you never see them because they're scary. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be as scary as the judgment of Almighty God at the judgment. Let's put it that way. I know that the demons all around us. I rebuke them in Jesus' name. I'm quite used to it now, as a matter of fact. Turn to Christ, my friends. Find the peace that only he can give. And I'll close with Charlie K. on Gab. She says, as difficult as it is for my pride to allow it, I still pray for my enemies and for the people who love to hate me. But I'd rather be despised for who I truly am than be loved to who I am for who I am really not. So here is a sister in Christ who understands that the Antichrist hate the image bearers of God. We are not called to hate the image bearers of God. We're called to love them with the truth, the hard truth. And I'll leave you with this. Again, my friends, in closing, do not doubt your salvation. Put your trust in the Lord. And yes, there is much evil that is being celebrated this month. But do not forget, my friends. Put away your porn. Put away your fornication. Put away your adultery. And then maybe you will not doubt your salvation. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.